Welcome to season four of the Be Your Own Kind podcast. I am so excited to share some new ideas and experiences with you and also introduce some more wonderful, fantastic people on the platform. Be sure to visit our site, www.beyourownkind.com to be able to keep up with the latest news and the latest blogs and content. Also, we have a Facebook community that involves giveaways, touch base, and exclusive deals. If you like the content, be sure to tip your girl Lamarcha T on Kofi, located at ko-fi.com backslash beyourownkind24. Thanks again for your continued support and enjoy the episode. Well, hi, Margo. How are you? Uh, Renita, I am just fine. I'm so glad to be here with you. Thank you for the invitation. Yes, thank you for accepting it. <laughs> so happy to have you on here. Um, we just had a nice little chat before <laughs> before recording about the um, the well. Not I don't want I don't want to call it the walls of podcasting, but just the happenings of podcasting. <laughs> the happenings. Woo! Aren't there? There are a lot of them, aren't there? Yes, so 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 many. <laughs> yeah. But we wouldn't have it any other way, and we would be unhappy campers if we couldn't podcast. I would say exactly. So I'll take I'll take what comes with it. Yeah, me too. So, so welcome to uh, the BYOK podcast. You are a podcaster yourself. Um, uh, that you started at sixty-one years old. Sixty-four yeah. years old, like, and I, I saw in the blurb in your um in your blurb, your about us blurb, that you decided to reinvent yourself at this age as well. What mm-hmm. events led up to the reinvention? I worked in corporate for one company for twenty-six years, Renita, mm-hmm. and uh, you know I considered myself to be a professional uh, a professional employee. You know, you follow the rules, you support the company, you do everything that you're supposed to do, disgruntled or not, happy, up, down, whatever, right. whatever that looks like. You're that person. But one day, and I talked to people all over the globe. And one day I took a call. <coughs> it choked up already. I took a call. And that call was so chilling and jarring until I was literally shaking in my chair. And it was a call from a colleague. And I'm sorry, I need a drink of water. <coughs> Excuse me. Okay. That call was from a colleague. He was very unhappy, spewing all kinds of venom. And uh, it was just a very scary situation. Little did I know I was in my chair shaking because that tone. And when you've been in an abusive situation where you know that tone of all these years, that day I heard that tone. And I couldn't shake it, Renita. I could not shake it for anything. And I was always looking over my shoulder, afraid that he was going to come into the room. It was just a, it, it just sparked a horrible situation. I'll call it my, um, I call it my day of uh, infamy or something like that. It, it was it's like something I never experienced before, not at that company, not as an employee. Right. Wow. You know, and I just don't understand that as far as like the hostile environment at work, because we spend majority of our life at this job. You know, we spend more time with our coworkers, our bosses, 
like more than like our loved ones. And it's like, why, why the contention? You know, like we have to work together. We don't have to be friends, but you do owe me respect. And so when it, it surpasses that, that, um, that line of respect, yeah, it's time to go. Yeah. It's yeah. time to go. So when you realized it was time to go, how did it um, transition to becoming a podcast? Well, you know, at age 61, I'm coming from the generation that says you get that good job and you keep that good job until you retire. <laughs> so, Renita, I was trying to hang on because I was stuffing away money in the 401k. I was doing everything my parents had done and how my family operates. Right. So I was trying to hold on until age 65, but this happened in August and by December, I looked around and I, Renita, it was so bad. I had to seek help from a therapist. I was in bed, girl. I would cry on the way to work. I'd be crying in the therapist's office. How come I can't get past what happened to me, you know? Right. And she brought it to light about something that happened to me when I was 19 years old and I never dealt with it. You know, you just push it down and you just push it down. And that day, I call it, this is why I call it my fateful day. That fateful day, it was time for me to look at that and I couldn't put it down. So that, like I said, that happened in the end of August. And by December, I looked around one day, I was mad. My blood pressure was all jacked up. I'm still working with the therapist. She said, you need to, it's you or that job. Which one is it going to be? That day, Renita, I chose me and I didn't retire. I quit. Got my, you know, corporate teaches you to get your paperwork and stuff like that. I got stuff that I thought I'd need, like the manual and all of that good stuff, you know. And uh, I walked. I, I just walked. It was too much. It was too uh, much. Yeah. I'm so happy you walked out of there. I am so happy because life is too short. See, your generation knows that but at that time I didn't want to realize that and that caused me to realize do what you need to do uh, eat bread and, and butter or bread and peanut butter or whatever you have to do wait a minute take the uh, mass transit and park your car do whatever you need to do so that you can get out of those situations and stay out of them because that was totally on the company's part I felt totally disrespected I felt that, you know, I, it was just, it was just bad all the way around, but, and I'm Christian, but God said that day, you're going to deal with this. And mm -hmm. it's a good thing because you never know what's eating you up alive. You some things are wrong. You don't even know that it's wrong. Right. Things are wrong in your psyche and your body. And I never would have pinpointed that in a million years. It just came bubbling out when I heard that tone. You know, I could see the bruises on my arms and on my wrists and on my thighs from that day. You know, 19 years old. And that was horrible. So you tamp it down and you keep on going. Right. That day, mm-mm, no go. Well, I'm not happy that happened, but in a way I am because it brought you to your purpose. And, you know, so we we say, yes, God, take us through things that we're wondering when we're in the midst of it, like, Lord, what is this, you know? <laughs> but then at the end, it's like, okay, you had me do all of this to get to this point, to get to your purpose. And so in a way, it's a testimony to someone else 
especially someone that's in a job where they're not being respected. And you can say, hey, I walked off that job at 61. Yeah. I didn't retire. I just quit. <laughs> <laughs> that good job. That good job that your, that your family says, you don't leave that job until you retire. <laughs> Oh my goodness. And sometimes, Renita, I look back and I can't believe I did it, but I'm like you, I'm so glad that I did, really, you know? Yeah, and um, I, I can resonate with that. I worked at a job for 11 years and, and they were really never nice, never really nice, verbal abuse, you know, abusive. And I'm just thinking like, oh, okay, this is okay. You know, and same story as you, I went to the therapist and realized that you know, I've been talked to a certain way for so long, so I didn't even notice that that was even wrong, that it was even, you know, stressing me out and bubbling up inside of me. So I totally can resonate with what you're saying is when you're used to a certain behavior and being treated a certain way, you're like, eh. you know, but then you wonder why you stressed out, high blood pressure, restless, you don't know where none of this is coming from, but really it's just, you just accept it you know, um, what am I trying to say? Mediocre in a sense, you know, and you're not, and you didn't choose yourself, but you don't know you're not choosing yourself until it's brought to your attention. So um, I totally can resonate with that. And you are correct. The newer generation, they're all about self-care, self-help. They do not stay in jobs where they are disrespected. No. And that is why the great migration is killing these old school companies because you're not going to, it's more than just pay at this point. It's more than benefits. It's about respect, comfortability, you know, mental health, physical yes. health. People want to be respected. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, that great migration, uh, moving away, that is huge. And, you know, I'm on my podcast, I'm still bringing that subject up, even though mainstream media is not talking about it. But let's look at all the layoffs. And, and, and you know, they want to say that the, the job market is saturated with people that are moving from one job to another. People are seeking an, another location for themselves. And regardless of what it looks like or what mom or daddy or sister or brother thinks, I'm out of here. I'm deuces. I'm not taking this. And I hope you lay me off. I hope I'm next in line for the layoff, you know? <laughs> you know? Yeah, then people like, I'll just drive over. You know, you got options like that now. I'll just work at Amazon, you know? It's so, hard. yeah, you know, I'll do that. And I'll be in my car 24-7 before I can step back foot in this office. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 So, so, so okay. So, we, um, so you had an epiphany. Your faithful day happened. You started your podcast. Um, go beyond the interview. Tell us a little bit about your podcast. Oh my goodness! At eight, let me see. I took a year off after I quit. I took a year off. Uh -huh. I really had been podcasting off and on. That was my hobby while working corporate. Yeah, I went to Hollywood up here in Hollywood, California, and learned how to. Yeah, how did I learn? I had the 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 um, experience and the hands-on training and everything. But you know, when you're working every day, it's on a while, it's off a while. And hey, that thing was up on the shelf for about a year and a half. And when I came out of that year of just who is Margo? What's next? Working with the therapist. Uh, having my uh, celebration ceremony on a pink piece of paper so that I could say goodbye to all those things that were holding me back. I hired someone who could help me find my voice 
because I knew I wanted to get back into podcasting, but I was not the same person who was built to do a music show. That was not me. That it was like, it just didn't fit. What's the name of my new podcast? So I had to take inventory of who I had become, what message do I bring to people that has value? And I knew I couldn't be popping my lips and doing, open up my book and just reading from a, a, a manual. I had to be the authentic me because of the work that I had done on myself. So one day I went to Prince George's County and I ran up on Brother Beckford. This gentleman, he had conversations with millionaires. He was a podcaster. He was an entrepreneur. He was a speaker. And when I went to the conference, he was speaking. And I sat there mesmerized. And I said, I want to do that. That's me. That's what I look like. And I came on home and I looked at the price tag and I said, Ooh-wee. oh, you ain't even coming cheap. So I'm going to tell you the truth, Renita. I got a little bit cheap and backed up for a minute, just for a minute. But you know when it's your time and you're going to throw all bets on yourself, you'll come up off of big money. Big money ain't no money when it comes to you being able to move forward, knowing that you have a clear pathway to where you're going. So he vetted me. He doesn't work with everybody. I vetted him and I, the rest is history. In 2017, we created her business, her voice, her conversation because now I can be a voice and a pathway for boomer women coming out of corporate and now they want to reinvent, become an entrepreneur, become a podcaster. You know, you don't have to pull a piece of information from here and a piece of information from over there. Out of the ashes came my ability to be a voice and help other women find their voice. And that's my life work. I'm rock solid right there, really. And I love every day of it. Slow grow, as you know, podcasting is slow grow, but I love it. I won't trade it to wash cars by day and sell shampoo at night. I won't trade it for anything. Nope. I love that. I love that. I love your passion and your voice. Like, yes, this this is what I'm meant to do. This is who I'm meant to be. I love everything about that. <laughs> Man, I really do. And and beyond like being a podcaster, you're an author as well. Correct? Yeah. My uh the same guy uh that got me my found my voice and helped me build out the the podcast. He said, okay. Uh, everybody knows about the podcast now because by that time when it was a baby podcast he introduced me to a friend who was starting up a a a podcast network and he was looking for good podcasts he and he I vetted me I mean all these folks are into vetting people I'm not letting just anybody in on my real estate I ain't mad at him I I watched and I learned and I'm that same way even when it comes to being a guest on the podcast no 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 as the guy said no 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 everybody can't come on board but I say all that to say as a baby podcast I went over and was a part of his network and the network had very deep pockets in it it was my proof of concept as far as what the podcast could do who it could bring in and the numbers but then when COVID hit it was I'll back let me back it up before I went to the network he said listen I want you to go over to this network, but to be impactful, you need to write a book. 
and I really wasn't ready to tell my story. I could just tell bits and pieces about reinventing and, and share some of the stories from some of my guests. So hurried up, self-published this book and the rest is history. The, the guy over there at Verke Bashani liked the packaging of everything. And it was like, whoo, Jesus, all right. Now I have my book and it went to Amazon bestseller the first day. Some people say Amazon ain't nothing. It was big deal, do, big doings for me. You know, I never did anything like that. Never, you know. And all of this, it was like between late 2017 and 18, it was like a whirlwind of, of doing this stuff and getting out of my comfort zone. And, you know, I'm 61. By that time, I'm 62. And it's like, okay, Jesus, I'm holding on tight, but I'm going to see this all the way to all the way through. I didn't even get caught up in ageism as, as um, you know, society does. I went into this as this is my next I loved podcasting. I loved terrestrial radio. But now, man, this is what I have, I'm supposed to do. So whatever has to happen, whatever steps I need to take, I'm taking them so that I can I can be effective. And nobody wants to consult with anybody who doesn't have a track record. So I knew that I had to go through the book. I knew that I had to go with the network. And then in and I think it was 2020 when the pandemic struck, I knew it was time to go into teaching because I felt I know how to podcast and I know what building a good podcast out will do, the folks that it will attract and the media that it will attract. So it's been like, shoot, I'm riding this train till the wheels run off, you know? <laughs> I love that. So you accidentally became an author trying yeah. a podcast. Yeah. End up on a podcast network. Now you're teaching others how to have a successful podcast. Wow. And it just all happened in a matter of a year. Like each year was like a buildup. That is amazing. That is amazing. And I love what you said about getting out of your comfort zone. Because that's, that's the kicker right there. Mm-hmm. You know, doing it uncomfortable, doing it afraid. You know, because when we start something new, we don't know what we're doing. No. And we can find a million reasons why not to do it. But I love that you didn't even let, like you said, age stop you. You know, if, if I, I love I love that because it's this, I don't know, this societal thing where if you are not a certain age when you do this, then it's just over. Life is just over when you're a certain age. You know, um, when you reach what they say, when you reach 50, that's half your life. So then it's just over. 50? <laughs> Please. <laughs> I beg to differ. <laughs> I just get my swerve on in my when I turn sixty, and you know, until the fateful day happened. Hey, it was all it was smooth sailing as far as I could tell, and I knew that I was going to return to podcasting one time in my life. I just mm-hmm. figured I'd do it at sixty-five when I, you know, was a bit more comfortable. Uh, financially and my I had the mindset for it you you know you said something very very interesting that I I hinge on with mindset we do things afraid and we do things out that take us out of our comfort zone but it all comes down to a change in our mindset I was thinking about that a couple days ago how you can be put in another environment but if you don't change your mindset 
it's not gonna happen for you. And you're gonna blame everybody else, but you the man. You didn't change your mindset. You didn't work on yourself. You didn't spend on yourself. You didn't do those things that had to happen so that your mind could shift. That's why, I mean, man, Brother Bedford, I owe him my life because he helped me get my confidence in. And confidence therein lies my why and, and therein lies the shift in the mindset. And I'm constantly shifting that mindset. So come on, you can do this. Come on, accept that invitation to be on your own kind. You're not gonna be on and on. It's gonna be all right, you know. And But you have to have those conversations with yourself because mindset will sabotage you, shut you down, you know? Yeah, every time. I actually have a, no one believes me, but I have a huge fear of public speaking. Really? I'm introverted, but yet I have a podcast where I'm talking to <laughs> to essentially strangers and I'm on live and I'm speaking and I did it scared. And I still like go back and say, oh, you said so many us, oh, you said that like, but I, I read somewhere, the more you do something, the more comfortable you are with it. So even though I still, I, I don't think I'm as afraid anymore. I still shake a little bit, you know, for certain things, but I get out there and I do it scared. Most things I do, I do it scared. Yeah. Because if I wait on the fear to leave, I'll never, I'll never get started. I'll never get it done. So that's, that's my, like the, the, the scary it is for me, I just leave. That is a good philosophy. It really, really is. Man, just leap. Because if, if we wait for the fear to leave us, we'll never move. That is true. Yeah, and really fear is what? Just um, not sure of what's gonna happen in the future. So you're creating these scenarios that could happen in the future. But once you do that thing, that fear is disintegrated because you've done it. So you can say, oh, I did this and this is what happened. Versus me playing around with all the what and could you know, so that's why I just do things. I'm like, now I can be like, eh, it was scary, but I did it now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I commend you, because you know how many people are, as my uh, mother used to say, they're chicken butts, and they're not going to be able to do anything. <laughs> not, they can't make a move. They can't. They're too afraid. Afraid, you know, that fear, that, that mind kicks in, and that self-preservation kicks in, and, man, they're paralyzed. Yeah, but life is not an audition. No. It's, it's not an audition. I, um, not to sour, sour the move, but I lost a cousin, um, last, was it last year? Mm. 26 years old. And it's like, life is too short. Mm-hmm. Life is too short. And it, it sparks something inside of, I think, all of us in my family. Like, I gotta do it now. I don't get a second chance at this. So whatever, whatever I need to be doing, whatever God has asked me to do, I need, to, I need to get it done. I need to no. live my life because I only get one of these things. It's, it's not an audition. No, no. <laughs> Twenty-six years old, death is the last thing that you're thinking of. It's the, uh, but you know, COVID taught us that also. We really can't yeah. forget the lessons of the early days of COVID. So many people, thousands of people all around us, the whole world was shaking and it made us stand still and take inventory. I think that's why so many people are go in the great uh, migration and, and, and going on and because it shook folks to the core. It really did. And I hope that we never forget the fact that life is short. 
Yeah, it definitely is. And I don't know if that's what God was trying to show everybody, but that's what I got out of it. <laughs> it worked. It, it worked. It put a fire under a lot of people. You know, if you're going to make that change, make that change now. If you're going to do it, do it. You know, do it or shut up. Can I tell you a quick story? Yeah, go ahead. When I first thought about, and do this just came to my mind. When I first thought about moving from terrestrial radio to podcasting, I was looking at Live 365. And I was still working full time. And I just thought, oh, I want to do it. And I'd be over there every day looking and listening. And girl, I know them folks that in their um, customer service arena were sick of me asking 50 billion questions and not signing up. I'm asking questions and I'm looking, I'm peeking. And I'm going to tell you one thing. One day, I'll never forget it. It was 4th of July weekend. I heard so very clearly, if you're not going to do it, stop talking about it. Oh my God. You know, I got that station together. It was 24 hour programming. I got that together all of that weekend. I worked feverishly on it. And until that first, the original Live 365 went under, I was on it. And from that day on, you're not going to do it. Stop talking about it. It's like, okay. <laughs> hey, but you know what? It set me up for, it took away the fear of um, uh, the technology that's behind podcasting. It just added on to the chapter in my life. So it was end up on end. Yeah. Man, you are so amazing. You are so amazing. You just leap. <laughs> I love that. You just leap and live life and I love I love I love your audacity <laughs> <laughs> see I don't see that because there are a couple things I'm on I'm on the fitting to fitting to and I'm feeling like okay uh you got you're gonna have to make this move you're gonna have to go ahead and implement these new things you know and we have my strategy advisors always talking about we always test if you don't test something how will you know you know that's true I'm going back into really, test mode. Yeah, and it's not really a failure. It's just, hey, let me let me test this water. Oh, okay, I learned that lesson. Uh, it's too hot, too warm. Oh, it's just right, but you don't know, like you said, unless you you test it out. Yeah. So, in your book, <laughs> I found it interesting that you mentioned you were once a game show hopper. I just saw the title, but I do want to read your book. Um, but you were once a game show hopper. And I just want to know before we talk more about the book, what game shows have you been on? <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah, that was that year that I took off. I was, cause I live here in Southern California. I was on The Price is Right, Jeopardy. Uh, well, I sat in the audience on Jeopardy a couple of times. I was able to get tickets. Sat in the audience of Jeopardy. Um, Oh, what was that other one? The the talk. Oh yeah. And I really like that. I did the talk set in the audience three times. And then after a while, it was um America, America says where we actually my uh myself and three other women, we friends of mine, we actually got on stage and we were able to play the game, you know, which was really exciting. And that we were on that twice. And that second time we got down to be win the big money, but we didn't win the big money, but it was fun, you know? So, uh, you know, just um, those shows, just those shows. 
because oh, I'm still man. working on myself and still trying to listen for what's next for me. You know? mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That sounds like so much fun. Price is Right is always in the show. Yeah. A lot of excitement. It's a really small set, though. I thought I was surprised the set was a lot smaller than mm. uh, what it looks like on TV. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, it's not like a huge audience, right? Uh, it's, the audience was huge, but the set itself was not huge. I thought it was just huge. Mm -mm. Huh. None of those sets were just huge. The talk was a, a nice size. It was a nice size uh, studio, but the others just kind of small. Yeah, compact. Mm -hmm. But huh. boy, they run that stuff like clockwork, you know? Yeah. TV, never what it is, never what it seems. <laughs> <laughs> I heard that. So the name of your book is Her Business, Her Voice, Her Reinvention. Can you give us a little summary of your book? It is all about things that I thought a person ought to take into consideration when they're going through this reinvention phase of, of look the part. And, and I had to kind of revamp that, but I just wanted people to understand this leaping thing, you know, that you can do it. So, and I'm looking at a cover of it now. I wish I had known we were going over it, but it was, um, it, yeah, it was all about how you find, how I found my voice, some of the tools used and have the, the, the grit and the gumption to, to just keep going, you know, even down to buying favorite pieces of clothing that you like because you never know when you're going to be able to guest on a podcast. It was just getting ready. And then you'll always have those few pieces and you'll feel comfortable and you'll be able to be in the moment. It was always about being in the moment, giving yourself permission. You got to give yourself permission to not know. You have to give yourself permission to ask for help. And I learned that from Supported Sexy's Elaine Fluker. It's okay to not know and to ask for help. If you, if you don't, that's the detriment. You know, I think back in corporate, if I had of, I wouldn't have lasted a month had I not worked with a therapist. I, I, just on my own, I would not have. I'd have gone up in there boxing somebody and security would have had to get me out of there. You know, I'd have just lost it. Plain lost it up in there. So you have to go where the help is needed, then you have to get it. And then get your, hire yourself an advisor, a coach, because we don't know so much. We You're coming from corporate America, or maybe you're a plumber, and now you're plumbing, you want to get into being an interior decorator. How are you going to make these quantum leaps without hiring on somebody to help you get where you want to go. It's But people Google and they want to do the free ride all the time. And that's just not going to do it. So I, I really cover things like that, you know, just taking a, a look at that. And I really think I'm feeling the urge to do part two on that because I've learned so much. That was written in what, 2018, now it's 2022. And I really learned, learned a lot. We need a part two. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm looking at it. I'm really looking at it. And some of the stories that came from some of my very early guests, 
were just amazing. I want I put those stories in because I wanted people to know that you could be you can embezzle money from a company that you work for and figure they're gonna just give you a slap on the wrist and you go to you go to court. Next thing you know, you're not going back home. They are gonna prosecute you. You are going straight to jail, and from jail you get a sentence. This is what happened to one of the women in my book. And it was like, oh my God. And marriage was torn up, had to say goodbye to a very small child, you know. So, and and working at a major major corporation, I saw that happen to people stealing from the company. There is no mercy and no leniency for that type of thing. But I put that into the book. And then another woman who is now a, has her doctorate. She has her PhD. But when she was a child, she had to take care of her parent, of her mother. And when she was going to, to school, I think she called it academy, they didn't accept her because she was behind. But she galloped and she learned. And now today she has her doctorate. So these were stories that I wanted to share with people early on. And since that time, oh my God, I've met some fabulous, fabulous, fabulous women and some men, some men that have changed my outlook on how things work and how you overcome things and and live to tell the story. You know, don't let the story, let the story be a part of you. It's not you. That that abusive thing at 19, that that was a part of my story. And my insights held it as my story. And that was not true, that's not true. I love that. I love that. And once again, these testimonies help someone today. You know, what happened to you at 19 would change another, change a 19 year old life. Like, hey, I went through that. Let's deal with this now. Because Mm -hmm. it doesn't go anywhere if you don't start to heal them. It just stays right there. It's just dormant. And it lies there until, you know, something happens that triggers it and awakens. Mm -hmm. So um, healing is very, very important. Um, I, I do like, uh, I do want to piggyback on something that you said as, as being okay with not knowing. And I feel like if if we admit that we don't know it, then that does that make us seem like a novice or does that make us seem unintelligent? Because um, as, as black women, we have to prove ourselves over and over and over again. And so we have to figure it out or at least pretend like we know what we're doing in order to be taken serious. We have to jump through hoops in order to be taken serious. And so I don't think we're reared up to be okay with number one, not being okay. Number two, we're not knowing how to do it. And especially asking for help. And so I think that that the those um, pointers that you mentioned in your book is very important, especially for those that, that would just raise, you got it, you got it, you don't need nobody, you don't need nobody, or if you got God, you don't need anybody else, and that contradicts the Bible, because the Bible talks about community, yes. Jesus himself walked around with 12 people, so like, <laughs> we all need people, we're yeah. not just here to be an island, and I love the fact that you pinpointed that in your book. Well, you know, I have, it's in the book, but as I've gone through the paces of this journey, mm-hmm. I've had to learn it, to learn to be open to that and see when I get into that corporate mode of don't let them see your sweat. 
don't let them act like you don't know what you not, don't you don't know. Get on the phone and whisper <laughs> and see if somebody can advise you. But you know what? The 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 times have changed, and right. we admire those that say uh, raise their hand and say I'm good at this, I'm excellent at this, but I suck at that. Can you help me? Can we barter? You do this, I do that, so that we have one whole piece. And I see that changing. There are groups on Facebook that are all about bartering. So that takes a lot of pressure off of us. I think that if we are stuck in that mindset, I can't let anybody know I don't know what I don't know, then that's wrong. Know what you're supposed to know. Whatever, Whatever your said expertise is, I say be that. I'm a podcaster and I'm always striving to be the best doggone podcaster I can be, have the best show that I can have, present that without, oh, somebody doesn't think that I don't know. No, I study every day. And even with that, there's so much going on. If I don't know something, I'll research and I'll get it back to you. But in the same token, when it comes to taxes and books, bookkeeping and that type of thing, I need help. You know, so you have to, you have to be honest with that. You, you, you really, really do if you're going to have longevity. And I'm so glad that that mindset has changed so that there's room for all of us to be excellent and be whole, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And we, and it's supposed to be an iron sharp and iron type thing anyway. Yeah. You know, um, it's, it's not a competition, which I don't understand the competitiveness circles but it's it's you know what you know i know what i know let's exchange and let's strengthen each other with what we you know so um but you know renita i think it comes back because i think about where i worked i think it comes back to that thing of competition in the workplace you can't show your hand you can't show weakness uh if you do there's no there's you know, you can't say that I can't, you, you can hardly have even be sick, you know? And if you, my God, if you have a mental problem going on, you definitely try to hide that. Oh my God, don't let them see you crying. What? So I think that that's, and that's hard to shake when you've been in that arena for a long time uh, to, it, it, you have to gradually catch, you have to catch yourself and say, nope, 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 that's not how it operates. You, you're stifling yourself if you don't ask for help. Nope, 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 it's okay. You don't have to spend 10 weeks trying to learn this when Sally down the street knows how to do it. You know, why are you trying to spend all that time and energy trying to get that when your neighbor knows all about it? They can do it, doot, doot, doot. And you hear you are studying burning midnight oil, trying to get it so that you can do it on your own. That's crazy. That's totally crazy. Yeah. It, it definitely, definitely is. And if you find yourself around people that want to hoard information, it's just not your circle. That's what I'm learning. Yeah. 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 I, I'm giving away information you. all the time. I really yeah. do. And, and that's how that that's how you have to operate. You know, you can't just charge, charge. Yeah, we're in business, but charge, 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 charge. I can't give you the, not uh, a minute of, of advice uh, without charging you 10, 15, 20, 100, 30. How about $30,000 and then I can go ahead and help you, you know? And I'm not to say, that's not to say people are not worth that. I have paid that kind of money for information. I really have. But there has to be, there has to be a place where you give 
you have to give. It's not going to kill you to give some, to help somebody get on the right road, to give somebody a smile, to give somebody, you got this, you can do this. You know, I see you sometimes on Facebook or on LinkedIn, just chime in. I see you keep going. You know, people want to be heard. People want to be seen. You might catch somebody on a bad day. That's all that they need. You might say, hey, have you thought about doing a podcast and add that onto your newsletter for credibility's sake? I like that article. You want to expound upon that and have an audible uh, podcast? I can help you out with that if you want. It's not going to cost you. Come on. You know, we got to do those kinds of things. Because people, when people are kind to me, man, I never forget. You know? Yeah, it, it pays the to pay it for it. I have this, um, if you don't know, quick little story. Like when I was in, uh, I think it was my last year of college, I was a senior in undergrad and my books were oh, just astronomically high. And so I called a friend and I was just in tears and he met up with me and he's from Nigeria. He met up with me and he handed me the difference of what I needed to get that book. And I said, you know, in my mind, I'm thinking, this dude trying to get something. But then I was just like, you know, That's what I'm you like, think. I'm, I'm not thinking this, buddy, because you all know you're not, you know. And he's like, I don't want anything in return. When I first came to this country, the family took me in, made sure I had all my books, made sure I ate. And he said, I always said, if I ever had the opportunity to pay it forward, then I would do so. He said, please take this as, please take this as my opportunity to pay it forward. And it and I and I remember it like it was yesterday. Cause I mean, I I was just like it was. I just didn't have it. I was so defeated, you know. And the fact that he did that, I'll never forget that. And so when I, you know, when I see people that in or in school or in situations, I always remember. You never forget when people do stuff for you, where you get so haughty, where you can't give it back and, and pay somebody else for it, you know. So I always keep little instances like that in my mind. Like there was a time that someone just was kind and wanted nothing in return. That's it. So I make sure that I, it's not always a price for what I do for people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They want your success. You're investing right. in their success. Exactly. It's not always about cost. It's not. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that, that, that's the wonderful point. That you <laughs> yeah. <laughs> This is a great conversation. So how can people find your podcast? How can they contact you if they want to get in contact with you? Well, I keep it simple. Everybody can go to gobeyondtheinterview.com. The Academy is there. Uh, the What I'm doing with Go Beyond the Interview is there. The podcast is there. Uh, podcast Posse, which is my new venture. It's a uh, it is podcaster's community keeping it small, intimate, and those things that we have to do as podcasters, I've learned how to streamline that information and, and call it a tool so that we can all be successful that way. So everything is, is right there up under gobeyondtheinterview.com. Uh, and if this resonates with somebody, then the contact form is right there. And just uh, maybe you just want to talk and chop it up and find out how maybe I can help you with something reinvent yourself or take a look at your podcast or maybe you just you know how maybe you just want to deep dive look at Marco how did you really walk away from that job that good job you know some people they they really they 
they want to, but how do you do that? You know, what can mm -hmm. I cultivate right now so that I don't just walk away, but I do walk into my next. How do I prepare for that? A lot of people need to do that because have you seen how many people are getting laid off these days? It's like, you better have that uh, ace in the hole up and ready, not fitting to. You better have it up and ready because people want to do business with people that are established. That's the bottom line. Right. And if you are just starting something, then you, you know, you have that uphill climb. But if you've been doing something, you start something, keep doing it. I don't care. Nobody has to know you're doing it on the weekend. You're showing up though. You, they don't have a timestamp. So I'm telling people, you better read the sign. You have a job today. You do not know that you have a job tomorrow. So you better go ahead and get started launching that business, get that side hustle, copywriting, podcasting, whatever. Make your footprint right now because as tomorrow's not not a, a promise to anyone that job is not a promise to anyone technically speaking you know it really isn't they don't owe that to us and let something happen they're gonna let you know that they don't owe that to you you know that's no, a harsh reality it, it definitely is um i remember a co-worker passed away that was kind of eye-opening for us i know this was an eye-opening moment for me because she passed away and then a week later someone was at that desk Oh yeah. And it made me realize, oh my God, how replaceable I am. Yeah. Yeah. And she scary. she died from stress because she was constantly there. Overtime, overtime. I mean she lived at work. And and when she passed away, her when her desk got filled the very next week, somebody else was sitting in that desk. I'm like, Oh, light bulb, I'm replaceable. Now my family's without me, but this job is moving forward. <laughs> they already have somebody in the wings ready to take it on. They're moving from one department to another. They're going to fill that gap. Right. So um, once again, we only get one life. <laughs> so here at BYLK, we have a signature question. And that is, if you could describe yourself in one word, what would it be and why? Passionate. Mm. Passionate. That's where I get my energy from. Uh, the, anything else is boring and mundane, but if I can't operate out of my passion, generate my why from that passion, you know, that's that's kind of like lifeblood, right? At least right now, these days. That's and it's been that way since 2017. Straight passion, you know. I love it. I love it. I mean, why do it if you don't? If you're not passionate. I did it for all of my life up until 61 years old. I never really did anything that I really wanted to do except mm -hmm. learn to podcast and do terrestrial radio. But job, job was always a job. It was always that good job that you that you got on because it had the benefits, it had the money, uh, it close to home. One of was even close to home, you know. Oh, my goodness. You know, all those things that, that catch people up and, and keep us bound I was part of that for now. In the money, out of the money. Get a class together, don't get a class together. Uh, cash secure, not cash secure. I'm gonna do this. I'm, I'm doing this out of passion. I love that, Margot. I love that. And, and I really hope that um, anyone listening to this, if they are like on the edge of the reinvention, on the edge of 
you know, just taking that leap, but this, this pushed them. I'm so inspired, so inspired by you, you just don't know. <laughs> Is there anything else you'd like to add before we close? I just like everyone to know that on the 26th, I am hosting a free event and it's for podcasters. And some of us have gone into pod faith. We're not producing the way we should, or we don't have, we're just too busy. Life is big and it's all around us, but we want to hang on to podcasts and we are able to keep up with what's going on in the industry. We need accountability partner and we really, really need to come out of our silos and just let's chop it up and share ideas and ad swap and just come in together as podcasters. Those three things I'm offering in a community. So on the 26th, it's four o'clock Pacific Standard Time. I think it's seven o'clock Eastern Standard Time. I have on Eventbrite, just a uh, introduction of Podcast Posse. And it's free it, uh, they, to come on and hear about this tool called Podcast Posse. That's going to streamline these four things that we have to do as podcasters. I just want people to know that uh, come on over. Let me explain it to you. And um, I'm looking to grandfather people into this community. That's, uh, that's it. I love that. I love that. So is the link to the Eventbrite on your site? or I've really been kind of putting off on doing it. Mm -hmm. And I thought to myself, why? This is a tool. Let me get that URL. Why am I taking on that stance when people need this? If it helped me, then let's make sure that it's here to help somebody else. Right. How do you know that people don't want it if you don't put it out there? Right. You know, so once again, get out of your head, get out and, and unfold your arms and just do the doggone thing. So it's on Eventbrite. I'm on LinkedIn and anybody on LinkedIn, it is there on my LinkedIn site also. So that's on the 26th of uh, July, next week, as a matter of fact, next Tuesday. Yeah, it's fairly soon. <laughs> yeah, it's coming up soon. But I know that we are, we are all busy, so I'm telling everyone I'm starting on time and going for exactly an hour. Now, if a person wants to hang on after that, then I'm willing to hang on. But I know this is built up on the fact that podcasters are busy and our lives do not just evolve, revolve around podcasting only. And it can get a bit, it can get a bit intense, but I don't want anybody to fall out of podcasting because of time. Not if I can help you. Yeah. Love that. Love that. Thank you for letting me share that. You know? Oh, no problem. No problem. And I'll make sure that I put that in our in the notes so you all can see it um in the notes the the link to the event. All right, all right. Yes, yes. Well, Margot, it's been a pleasure. It has been a pleasure. Thank you for sharing your story with us. Um, it is beyond inspirational. It is beyond inspirational. Um, just from the fact of just knowing, hey, this this life is no longer working for me to the fact of seeking help to heal and then shooting towards your, your purpose that you've all already felt in your heart, you know, for years. So um, I just love everything about your story and everything that you're doing. And please know that I will be following you <laughs> and keeping up with you. And I encourage my listeners to do that as well. Um, she's already given giving you the invitation. 
Margot says, if you are just, you just need that link, make sure that you go over, you know, to her site and contact her if you just need that, that little push of advice. Because once again, life is not an audition. You only get one of them. Um, so live it to your fullest and live it, live it at your best. <laughs> and until next time, don't forget to be kind to each other and especially to be kind to yourself. And until next time, bye. Bye-bye.